Season 1, Episode 37, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Chapter 2, James Chapter 2, Verses 1 through 26. So James Chapter 2, I would call the um, Christianity 101, okay? Uh, that might be confusing to some people, especially around the world, since according to my podcast software, this has been listened to, or my podcasts have been at least opened in Russia, um, <clears throat> second only to the United States, um, Germany, um, Sweden, and uh, Singapore. Anyway, um, so but uh, so I want to explain the idea of Christianity 101 in in uh, in in our colleges, schools of higher learning. Uh, a basic course for a freshman would be called I don't know English 101. I remember I took English 101, and then when I was a uh, a sophomore, my second year, I took English 201, and then 202 might have been the second semester. Uh, I took classes as a junior, my third year college student that were called English 301. I think I took English all through four years of college, and um, might not have, but I know English. I know I took English 401. It was combined with philosophy, but again, it was a basic course. So Christianity 101 would be a freshman course, and I think this is by God's. Uh, uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the first epistle. Now there were five epistle writers. There were Paul, Peter, James, John, and Jude. Um, the, the three gospel writers that were not were Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John wrote the Gospel of John, uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Revelation. So he was, uh, Paul wrote 13 or 14 epistles if uh, depending on whether he wrote Hebrews or not. He didn't claim it's not, the authorship of that is not claimed usually in the first verse of, of uh, the epistle like it is here in James. James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes that are scattered abroad. And there's two possibilities for this James. It's either James the Less, the son of Mary and Alphaeus, Mary the, the sister of Mary, very common name, there's confusion, or six Mary's in the Gospels, uh, there's Mary Magdalene, uh, Mary the Mother of Christ, Mary of James the Less, um, and three others that, that I was just looking at a minute ago, but can't remember them. Anyway, it gets a little confusing. You can look up the six Mary's and it will, in the, new, in the, in the Gospels, and it'll give you the names of the six. It gets a little confusing, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> So, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Now, these tribes were scattered not by Titus and the destruction of the temple because this book was written uh, before that. It's the earliest epistle written to the church, to the called out assembly. Um, and it says right here, uh, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So these are believing Jews, uh, which the church was initially made of, and they were scattered by unbelieving Jews, by Romans that wanted peace in Jerusalem, 
Uh, they were scattered everywhere. And I, I came up with this uh, analogy very early in my Christian life, um, and maybe I heard it from somebody. It was 48 years ago. I can't remember, but I thought it was a good one. They teach you as a, a child almost, if you have a, 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 pot, a pan on the, on the stove that, that's super hot, it's got oil in it, and it catches fire, you don't throw water on it because you're just going to spread the fire everywhere probably definitely burn the house down when all you really have to do is just drop the lid on the pan. But but by persecuting the church, they spread the church. And that might have been in God's plan. I'm not sure. But uh, I am sure that they were scattered because it says right here in James chapter 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. Um, this is called by Bible scholars the first epistle. The date would go along with that as far as the epistles go. I, I, the gospel, at least one of the gospels was written in the 30s or is presumed to be written in the 30s. Uh, they, you know, we can argue about all this stuff that's not in the Word of God. We t I talked about that before. The, chapel divi the chapter divisions aren't in the Word of God. The verses aren't uh, verse numbering. These were just letters, but they were so studied that they be, have this way of indexing any verse in the Bible. So we're going to jump into chapter 2. I'm kind of glad that we're, you know, I've set this up in introduction, James chapter 1, James chapter 2, and it will build. But I do feel the need to, to go over some of the highlights of uh, the uh, foundational, whatever, the extra-biblical things about the book of James. And it's important to keep it in mind that this is written to the to the early church to to scattered believers and it's the first epistle. The gospels which were written earlier but they're I'm going to stick with uh, Peter Cologne's argument that that uh, they're Old Testament ground. Jesus is always talking about the Jew and the Jewish nation and uh, him being the king and the kingdom coming which is which has been put on hold for 2,000 years and is coming could be to could be the, the rapture could be tonight and then seven years after that or six and a half years after that because the time has to be shortened uh, Christ returns the Battle of Armageddon and then we have the judgment of the nations and uh, during the tribulation, Israel is judged. But there's one judge that took place. And, and when you study the judgments, you really need to remember that the judgment for, for heaven, the judgment for sin that would keep one out of heaven, would keep me or you or anyone out of heaven, was the judgment on Jesus Christ on the cross. He died for the sins have been paid for. So, And James says it right here in chapter 2. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It refers back to Genesis 15, 6, as you'll see as we go through James chapter 2. So we're going to jump into James chapter 2. There's 26 verses here. The first two words are my brethren. It's very important. I think we, we've established uh, not necessarily who wrote it. It's either James the Less or James the son of Zebedee. I'm going with what I've, people I looked up to, C.I. Schofield and others that that this is uh, it's James Less. It doesn't matter. It's all inspired by God. The author is God. 
the writer was just the tool God, the Holy Spirit. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished on all good works. That, that leads, lends credence to my say that the Bible is written to believers, and we need to study it. Without the Holy Spirit, the cults, you know, they pick a verse here and pick a verse there, and, and then they just keep going back to those two verses and don't want to look at anything else. I want to take a look. This this James chapter 2 is probably the most controversial chapter in the New Testament that I'm aware of. Uh, it's, it's rumored that um, Martin Luther called it an epistle of straw. Well, you know, he was coming out of uh, the Dark Ages, and, you know, it took a little time to get up. I'm not trying to say my intellect is anything like, uh, like Martin Luther. He came up with... Uh, really the concept of separation of church and state, which was uh, very important. But you'll have to study Martin Luther to get that idea. And I would rather study the Bible, but I have taken a, a class in, in Martin Luther, and it was very enlightening, and that was the, the point there. Anyway, uh, my brethren, my, my fellow believing brethren, uh, Jewish believers, so I think that the term brethren could apply to the Jew as well as to the Christian believer um, in this case. But my brethren, have not faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. What? Have not faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have not faith of the Lord Jesus Christ with respect to persons. Don't combine the two. I think he was talking about this in chapter 1. If not, we'll, we'll cover it definitely in chapter 2. Don't in your gatherings, in your assemblies, in your synagogues, which is the Greek word for assemblies, have not your faith with respect of persons. God doesn't want respect of persons. And I think I passed this test 48 years ago when what impressed me and brought me to the Lord was the statement in John 3.16, which I've said almost on every podcast, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, and I like to say he had me at whosoever. I'm not saying I'm a perfect person, but but um, I try not to have respect towards persons. I talk to anybody and everybody I can talk to. I've talked to people in China, thanks to my wife's music career. I've talked to people all over Europe. I've talked to people all over the United States. Uh, went to uh, Honduras and talked to people there. Thanks to, Again, thanks to my wife that changed my life. But anyway, brought a lot of great things into my life. Let me put it that way. Okay, so first verse here in Christianity 101, chapter 2. My brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Get rid of your prejudices is what he's saying. There's no room for that. For God so loved the world. I, I believe and like to say there's one race, the human race. And I asked a doctor friend of mine, I said, is there any test you can do to determine one race from another? A, a, a scientific test? And he said, no, it's, it's a social thing. Uh, he said, I don't know if he said that, but I do know he said it is a social thing. But I know he did say that 
if he does, if he's involved in a transplant, he's an eye surgeon, but he knows that the transplanted organs, when they come to the operating room in their ice bucket or whatever, they, there's no test known to science to determine what race that organ came from. And I asked, well, what about sickle cell anemia? He said, white people can get sickle cell anemia. It's predominantly uh, an African trait, but it's not necessarily uh, a European uh, trait. Anyway, again, I believe in one race, the human race. I have not had a problem with, with uh, respective persons. I, you know, I, I don't know if I could pass a lie detector on that, you know, but, but at any rate, um, I do try to reach out to anybody and everybody I come in contact with. Uh, it's, it's the human race. Um, verse 2. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring, oh, hey, now we're not talking about races here. We're talking about we're talking about rich people, because in some countries and in, in some cultures, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is; it's the kind of clothes you wear. America is kind of unique in that, I think. Our prejudices have been around for a long time, but um, at any rate. The, the the one I guess that's in view here is, you know, having respect towards a person because of their clothing they wear, the gold ring, the goodly apparel. And there come in a man in vile raiment. You know, I can picture that. Dirty, filthy, you know. Um, and again, I I think good churches, I think I said this yesterday, good churches... Must have, something in chapter one must have reminded me of this. Good churches always have some some odd people that may be a little odd in their clothing, a little in their behavior, but they feel comfortable in these churches and have for many years. And every good church I've ever been in, and I've been in some churches that didn't have any odd people. Everybody looked like they were cut from a cookie cutter, but but I think it's a great thing. Uh, to 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 go to a church where where the different are accepted and loved and cared for and and that kind of thing that we do for all brothers and sisters in our churches or should for if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel and there come also one a poor man with vile raiment and you have respect to him that weareth gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou in a good place, and say to the poor man, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and become judges of evil thoughts, prejudices, or respect of persons, uh, treating the poor differently than you treat the rich in your church? is evil and comes from your evil thoughts, I think he's saying. Christianity 101. Are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Hark, verse 5, Hearken 
my beloved brethren. Again, this is written to believers. He's not trying to get people saved. He's trying to get them to worship God, to speak and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Uh, chapter 2, verse 12, which was the key for me understanding this whole chapter. We're, we're getting there. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? I, my wife got me reading missionary stories, and I, I read missionary stories, one in particular about an, uh, an Englishman that went to the uh, Pacific Islands, and the turnaround of these uh, relatively poor people was amazing. And um, I remember this one queen of an island, and I'm sure on the island she was not considered poor. And if we came up on the uh, shore there, shipwrecked or something, we'd, we'd want her in our corner. But she said, I always knew there was a good God. Because they were killing each other and all this stuff that was just not good for their culture. And uh, not good for anyone. But I remember, I just she, I knew there was a good God. And I knew there was a good God. But I wasn't, I didn't know I was looking for Him. But when I heard about for by grace you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, that salvation is a gift. I go, oh, that's cool. How do you get it? How do you get this gift? You ask him for it, what do you got to do? And for by grace you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's by faith. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him. It doesn't say whosoever is a really good person or whatever. It says, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, um, i got to quit losing my place in my preaching here. Um, okay. Um, Hearken, my beloved brother, and hath not God chosen the poor to be, verse 5, to be of this world, to be rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him. Uh, there's a verse that says, not that we love him, but that he loved us and gave himself for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, uh, which hath promised to them that love him. You know, if you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. I'm not, I don't say, you know, I, there are a lot of people that, that seem to publicly need to announce in their prayers, God, we love you. I'm kind of like, uh, my wife said this, Maybe as much as I did, but but talk is cheap. You know, show me. And we show our love to God as believers by obedience. But if you be uh, Christianity 101, but ye have despised, but if you, but ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, and draw you before the judgment seat, and and these these rich men that you. Uh, lift up and kowtow to or, or bow down to, they oppress you and draw thee before the judgment seats. Verse 7, Do not they blaspheme the worthy name by which you are called, which would be Jesus Christ, 
And the ultimate way to blaspheme Jesus Christ is not to believe that he is the Son of God. And no better way to honor God the Father than to recognize who the Son is. To the glory of God the Father, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Christianity 101, love your neighbor as yourself, rich or poor, poor or rich, love your neighbor as yourself. Look, there's going to be a, come a time, life is as a vapor, it says in James, that, that these, this rich man's, the riches are going to do him no good. And he'll be in one of two judgments, the judgment seat of Christ for believers or the great white throne for unbelievers. Ironically, in both cases, the sins have been paid for, but they counted because of faith, like Abraham or to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. There's just anybody to him that worketh not. I'm working not to be saved. I am trying to work for God because I find no better satisfaction in anything than memorizing scripture, sharing my faith. I've lived a good life. I've, I've uh, had a great wife that I lost six years ago as I probably mention every podcast, but but uh, she's in the great cloud of witnesses of Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 12. Or, yeah, I think it's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Um, seeing that we're so compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, lay a, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. So I'm trying to live a life that my wife can be proud of in the great cloud of witnesses in heaven. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point. Christianity 101. He is guilty of all. Before you can get somebody saved, you've got to get them lost. And I don't know of a better place to go than James 2.10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Uh, coming up, I was taught Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Which is what sin means, to fall short of the mark of perfection. Uh, some may get closer than others, but all fall short. And this verse says you can get really close. There's, there's one guy, he lived his whole life, only yet offended in the law in one point. He's, he's just missed the mark as much as anybody else has missed the mark. In the Marine Corps, they shoot at the target and they go, miss, hit, miss, you know. Uh, but here it's, it's everybody has missed. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. James 2.10 For he that said, do not commit adultery, that would be God in the seventh commandment, said also, do not murder in the um, sixth commandment. You know, kind of a couple of biggies there. Uh, now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill... Thou art become a transgressor of the law. That seems kind of like a no-brainer there, but um, I don't want to argue with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit um, and my Heavenly Father. But, uh, and maybe it's just the Old English translation that makes that kind of... But uh, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, every word is inspired by God. And, and uh, But, you know, Jesus said if you 
you know, hate your brother without a cause, you're, you're guilty of murder. And if you look at a woman with a, a lust, you've committed adultery. So the standard for, for adultery and murder are very high for the believer. Don't, don't hate your brother and don't look at a woman with lust in your mind or heart or whatever you, wherever you think, do your thinking. Uh, now, if any man commit adultery yet, Yet if he kill, he become a trans. Anyway, we're all guilty. It's very clear what's being taught here. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Whatever your uh, sin of choice is. Coveting is, is pretty high on my list, I guess. Uh, James 2.12. So speak ye and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Keep in mind the judgment of the believer, the, the judgment seat of Christ, when all our works will be tried by fire, the wood, hay, and stubble will be burnt up, but the gold, silver, and precious stones will remain, and you will receive a reward. If you have nothing, it says in Corinthians, you will uh, suffer loss, but you'll be saved, yet so as by fire, it says. You, you'll still be saved. It's not of works. And if, anyway, but you are going to be judged. Christianity 101. Work towards that judgment. Lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. Christianity 101. And, and here's your whole life. What you say and what you do in verse uh, in 2.12. Speak and do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. There's a judgment. There's a reckoning for the good and bad that we've done. And that's what James chapter 2 is talking about. That judgment No, now we're going to enter the controversial part. Verse 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy. This would be God. Well, God, I wasn't feeling good that day, so that's why I didn't you know, do this or that, or I did this or that, or whatever. Whatever lame excuse you want to come up with. He's not going to say, oh, well, you know, your dad was really a nice guy, so I'm going to cut you a slack. No, there's no slack in the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to get what you deserve, but fortunately, you're not going to get what you're going to get what you you're going to get what you deserve, and uh, you're going to reap what you sow. And but you know, if you're worried about heaven being, just consider the alternative. Read Luke chapter 16 and see where you want to go. I want to go to the paradise part of Sheol, but that's empty right now because Christ led captivity captive in their absent body. Now we're absent body and present with the Lord. Before Christ's crucifixion, and he led captivity captive, you went to paradise. And uh, could you imagine being the guy that died, you know, two days after Christ was killed on the cruise? I mean, people cross, people die. And you get into paradise and you go, hey, <laughs> Abraham goes, you got here just in time because there's Jesus over there teaching us. And, um, and he's going to lead us to heaven right now to be with absent body and present with the Lord. So, and this whole... Resurrection of the dead, that's the body thing, and I'm, I'm still working on that. And I'm, I'm just, but this judgments are, eternal judgments are, are very important. And there's three of them. There's Christ on the cross for all the sin of mankind. So you'll, and there's the judgment seat of Christ in heaven for the good and bad that we've done, for reward in heaven, which could be crowns, could be position, could be treasure, lay up treasure in heaven. So if, you're, if you, your understanding of crowns is just 
you're going to take them off when you're in the presence of the Lord and never put them back on, I don't think you have a very accurate description of rewards in heaven. But you can believe whatever you want. But um, but it here it says, speak and do. Um, yeah, speak and do as those that shall be judged with the law of liberty. Our judgment should of of the law of liberty, the judgment seat of Christ, should determine how we behave. God is watching. I told you in a podcast earlier, I'd be walking around school and I'd pick up trash and I'd say, well, I hope one of the principals saw me. You know, I'm thinking that in the back of my mind. But I just, I also didn't like trash on the ground. I'm my father's son. But my mom was always getting after him because he'd always come home with trash in his pocket. But he, uh, he, he was 40 when I was born. So I only really, I spent a lot of time with him in his retirement, which was great. My, my brothers and sisters that were older than me, uh, they, had a, they had a father that went to war, World War II in Korea. And he didn't go to Vietnam, but he was still in the army when it was going on and losing friends and things like that. But he, uh, oh, I'm going to have to remember what I was talking about. But, um, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Well, don't have to wait till the next podcast. He said, um, my sister told one of my other sisters, one of my middle sisters told my oldest sister, um, your father went to war. Pete's father went fishing and took him with him. So I was in my dad's retirement years and, and we did a lot of Gulf Stream fishing and a lot of other fish. 19 foot uh, tri-hull boat with a 75 Chrysler on it back in the day with no radio, one engine. And uh, fortunately the, we were, the, the angels were watching out over us. But that was before there was a limit on dolphin. You could bring back as many as you as you caught. Anyway, my mom figured out the price of them. They were about $150 a pound. But anyway, a boat is a hole in the water where you throw your money. Anyway, never mind. Uh, so speak ye, and so do as those that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, and show no mercy that hath showed no mercy. He'll have no mercy on those that showed no mercy. And what more mercy can a believer have than to share Christ with other people? So if, you're, if you don't do that, I, I see a problem there. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So, yeah, there's, it's, it's for reward in heaven. It's not for punishment. It's, it's more like the Olympics, the Bema seat, the reward seat, the, the crown that they wore at the Olympics, for example. You know, you got that. Um, if you won, and you won because you had the best time, you ran the race and you won. N not everybody does that. But your participation trophy is a home in heaven for eternity with God and other believers. Pretty good participation trophy if you ask me. But the more I study the rewards, the more I, I think it's sinful not to strive for them. Well, I'm, I made the Olympic team, but I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to compete. What? Anyway, um, all right. So now we're entering the challenging part, verses 14 through 26. What doth it profit, my brother, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? That's verse 14. The last word in verse 13 is judgment. 
the verse right before this, for he shall have judgment without mercy, who that has showed no mercy, and mercy and mercy against rejoices against judgment. We're talking about a judgment here, and the judgment of believers who he's talking to, my brethren, my brother and brother, to the scattered tribe of of Israel in chapter 2 verse 1 what does it profit at the judgment seat of Christ the judgment of believers my brethren my fellow Christian believers though a man though a Christian at the judgment seat of Christ say he has faith and hath not works can faith save him from the judgment can a safe save him from the fire that's going to try his works and his wood hay and stubble is going to be burned up and he has nothing left He's still got the participation trophy. He's still in the family of God. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. James, I mean, John 1.12, if I'm not mistaken. If a brother, or verse 15. So again, Christianity 101, get to work. You're going to be judged by, for your works. Christianity 101, verse 15. If a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you believers say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them those things needful to the body, what doth it profit? You say, Be warm, but you don't, they're naked and you don't clothe them. Be ye filled, but you give, they have no food and you don't, you don't give them any. Or money to buy food or whatever. Notwithstanding, you give them those things which are needful to the body. What do they profit? It's talking about the judgment and what we do for other people is way up on the list. Good man cares for the life of his beast, but you know, a better man would care for the life of other people. But but and don't you know do them both. Do one and don't leave the other undone. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of his daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, and be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? What does your faith profit at the judgment seat of Christ when you already got the participation trophy for faith? You already got that. You're already in heaven. You're already a child of God. You're kind of a disobedient child of God because he spends... Most of the Bible, which I guess you never read, saying, get to work, get to work, get to work. There's reward for work. Earn some. Run the race. Keep the faith. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Which for the first time I feel like I'm literally actually doing. And one of them say unto him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them those things which are needful. About. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. At the judgment seat of Christ, if all you have is faith, you're, 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 you're going to receive no reward. All you've got is wood, hay, and stubble. Because you didn't do anything for the Lord who wants you to do stuff for other people. Your faith isn't going to profit at the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody there is a believer. You want to talk about dead faith without dead works. Let's talk about dead works. 
Therefore, leaving Hebrews 6 1, therefore, leaving the principles of doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation. What foundation? The foundation of repentance from dead works. Dead works. Fruitless works. That your works are going to do you no good in getting into heaven. This judgment seat of Christ is in heaven. The only people that are there are believers in Jesus Christ. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone at the judgment seat of Christ. Christianity 101. Verse 18. Yea, a man may say he has faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. If you love me, keep my commandments. Keeping the commandments are works. We're not saved by the law of Moses. Genesis 13 39, and by him all the believers are justified from all things from which you could not be saved by the law of Moses. The Ten Commandments, number six, murder, number seven, adultery. You're not saved by those. You should follow those, but you're not saved by them. We're saved by faith. Because whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, James chapter 2, verse 10, this very chapter, Whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. So we have Christ to, to pay for all. And literally both every sin and every person's sin. But it doesn't count to you unless you have faith. And I think we're going to get to that in this chapter right here. In the next few verses we have left. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils believe and tremble also. So we're, we're not just talking about believing in God. Okay, I believe in God, so I'm going to heaven. No. You're believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, I and my Father are one. And the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But I and my Father are one. Again, don't be anti-Semitic. He died, he died, you might as well drove the nails in yourself. If you were the only person on earth, you would have, he would have had to die for your sins so you could live with him forever in heaven. Anyway, um, okay, um, thou believest, verse 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils believe and tremble. Not enough. I believe in God, leave me alone. No. You know, if somebody would ask me you know, before I was a believer in Jesus Christ, before I was a, in a believer of the God of John 3.16, and all that that implies, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I, I believed I had everlasting life through, through the work of, finished work of His Son on the cross. But, okay, well, I'm going to move on to verse 20. It would be nice if you follow along in your Bible, but... I kind of assume you're not, so that's why I keep saying these verses over and over again. At least that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But wilt thou, O vain man, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Yes, I will know that. At the judgment seat of Christ, Christianity 101, yes, I need to get to work to please the Lord, to, to be obedient to the Lord. Not for salvation, but because I'm in the family. I should obey my Heavenly Father. 
Verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac upon the altar? At the judgment seat of Christ, absolutely. That was an incredible step of faith. And it tells us in Hebrews, by the way, for those of you that were like me and didn't quite understand why Abraham could offer his son to to God on a mountain and tied him up and put him on a bundle of sticks. At least that's what the photographer showed when he took the picture. No, I, the artist, whatever. But it sounds like he went pretty far into, and he was about ready. He'd raised the knife over his head and was about to kill Isaac. And God said, stop. Um, not necessary. I will provide myself a lamb. And he did. Then, and he did uh, uh, about 2,000 years later in, in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, um, maybe 3,000 years later. Abraham was pretty... Genesis chapter 11? That was a long time ago. Probably more like 4,000 years ago. Anyway, um, was was not Abraham our father justified by works when he hath whereof to... Abraham hath whereof to glory, but not before God. We saw that in, in uh, Galatians. Chapter 2, Abraham has swear of the glory, but not before God. Seeing thou how faith wrought with his works, and by his works, faith was made complete. Okay, you're saved by your faith, but nobody else is saved by your faith unless you start talking about it. Unless you start walking the walk and talking the talk. Your family's never going to come to Christ by you if you don't walk the walk and talk the talk. But you'll come... It, anyway, heaven is a participation trophy. And by the way, I like participation trophies. You know, all these superstars wouldn't have anybody to lead if they didn't have all these other guys that were there. So anyway, and I got, I got one of the few trophies that my high school football team gave out, the most dedicated player award. And the, the football player 40, 50 years later broke off and I replaced it with the little one that came with the participation trophy. So I kept my, my big trophy, Most Dedicated Player Award, I kept that one alive by using the participation trophy. But I still have the base of that. It's a nice paperwork. It's got my year, 1972, and my name. But anyway, um, but I, I really like the participation trophy of, of heaven. And... Um, I want to lay up some treasure for myself up there. Ye, okay, um, verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Hey, where's the works here? Genesis 15, 6 is quoted right here. And the scripture is fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he is called the friend of God. I'd like that title. You're, you're a son of God. You're a child of God by faith. But are you a friend of God? If you don't have something to show for it, are you really, truly his friend? And not just his child? You know, you can have friendships beyond the relationship of family. And they have to be worked at, in my opinion. Verse 24. See ye then how that by works a man is justified just as if I'd never sinned 
and not by works only? Do you see that what works have to do in the Christian life? James is asking his pretty much first generation of Jewish believers. They, the Gentiles haven't even been reached yet. Paul hasn't spoken to Antioch, I don't think, yet. And the, Jew, and the, and the Gentile church is coming around. This is, this is just Jewish believers, scattered children of, to, the, to the scattered, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. James chapter 1, verse 1. Likewise, also Rahab, who, by the way, is in the line of Christ, mother of Boaz, married one of the two spies that she saved and became a princess of, of Israel. And, uh, but she, she said, you're, your God will be my God. Well, that was Ruth. But anyway, her daughter-in-law was Ruth. Her son married Boaz. But she's one of the five women mentioned in uh, Matthew's genealogy of Christ. There was Tamar, who played the harlot. There was Rahab the harlot, right here, Rahab. There was Ruth the Moabitess. There was uh, Bathsheba, who David committed adultery with. And I guess you could say she committed adultery with him, and 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 vice versa. Absolutely, it was David's fault totally. But um, and then you have Mary, the mother of Christ. But uh, Tamar married Judah, or didn't marry Judah, but had a child by Judah by playing the harlot. Read Genesis chapter twenty-three. I can't remember. No, Exodus 20, I'm not, Exodus 23. Anyway, um, but these women are, are, I mean, Rahab's not Jewish. Uh, Ruth is not Jewish. Tamar's not Jewish. I'm sorry. Uh, Rahab is not Jewish. Uh, Ruth is not, Tamar's not Jewish. Ruth is not Jewish. Whew, I'm tired. Uh, Tamar is the first woman mentioned in Matthew, the genealogy of Matthew 1 and 2. I can't remember, maybe it's Matthew 1. Um, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Uh, you could make an argument that four out of the five aren't Jewish. So there's the incorporation of, of the world right there in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Anyway, likewise also Rahab, the harlot, just justified by works when she received the messenger and sent them another way? I think she was, you know, yeah, she'll receive a reward at the judgment seat of Christ for that. But she's saved by faith. Is she in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith? I can't remember all the people that are. But anyway, for as the body without the spirit is dead. So I, I, I like the science of that. You know, when is someone dead? When the spirit, when their spirit, lowercase s, leaves their body. So faith without works is dead. So when, when um, they, they, they're supposed to, if you have faith without works, then you're fruitless. You're, you're like Sarah's womb that was dead. She couldn't have any children. You can't have any spiritual children if you if you don't have any works. And sharing Christ is witnessing is a work. 
In the Greek, the word for witnessing is martyr. Martyr. In English, that means to die for your faith. In, in Greek, it means to tell other people about Jesus Christ. I think, you know, in the first century Christianity, there was a connection there. I think during the 70th week of Daniel, during the tribulation, there'll be a connection there also. But anyway, okay, what's the purpose of works to share your faith with others? Your faith will save you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For by grace we save through faith, and that not of ourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's not of works. Galatians 2.16 says it six times. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So we're not justified for salvation by our works. But at the judgments, at the big, at the bema seat, at the marriage feast of the Lamb, you got nothing to show. It's going to be a little embarrassing. Hey, I, I trusted Christ, but I didn't do anything. You know, I trusted Christ and I died the next day. Okay, well, you know, you're in heaven. You're a beloved brother. You're a beloved child of God. And and I've said it before and I'm, I'm kind of haunted by it, but, you know, I don't really want to lead 10 cities. I, I want to relax, you know. But um, I'll do whatever, I, whatever I'm called upon to do. And uh, I'm reminded of Saul who hid when he found out he was the king of Israel. He was good for a very short time. Well, that is my attempt to explain chapter 2, which some people have trouble with and don't divide it correctly. And, and, and I get it from people all the time when I share the gospel of the grace of God to them. They go, what about faith without works is dead? And it takes a little bit. That's Christianity 101. I'm glad you asked. Go to Bible Story Evangelism podcast number what podcast is this this is podcast number 37 and you can hear a guy talk about it okay i'm going to say to god which is probably my favorite uh goodbye this was my longest message 50 50 minutes i apologize not really um i'm going to say adios to god and i'm going to say via con dios Go with God.